personal is universal, right? So whatever experience you're going through, and this pertains to building your authentic voice, your unique voice, right? As a songwriter, as a musician, and creative um, at large. Whatever experience you've gone through or what you're yearning to say deep down inside, that like critical voice that's telling you, oh, it's silly, or oh, that's been done before. But it just, as cliche as it sounds, it hasn't been done the way that you've done it. Even my own songs, I could look at it with a critical lens that this topic has been written before, but yet it just hasn't been done the way that I've done it. And you'll be surprised if you can trust yourself. And so that is actually the key to building a creative's authentic voice and unique voice is like building up their confidence and trust within themselves to just let it go. Welcome to Entrepreneur Struggle, where we talk to entrepreneurs about their journey, creating and scaling up their businesses and freelance operations, while also really focusing on some of the mental and emotional challenges along the way. I'm Chris Colbert, the founder and CEO of the podcast and media company, DCP Entertainment, as well as the podcast and video recording space, Podstream Studios, Times Square. In this conversation, I'm talking to Martina San Diego. Martina is a singer-songwriter, a teacher, and the founder of the Martino San Diego Music Studio. Now, I'm excited for you to hear this conversation as we talk about working through those inconvenient creative mental blocks, finding emotional balance in our work, and Martina's tips on how to be authentic and successful in your artistry. You know, it's one of those things that I think uh, we all have something we're naturally inclined at and good at. And for me, music was always something that I was drawn to, and education as well is something that not only I've been passionate about, but also have a history of. So I have people in the family who are educators, and my grandmother, a little backstory, I'm taking it back here. Um, My grandmother started the first dance studio where I'm from, where my family is from, in Cebu, Philippines, called the San Diego Dance Studio, or the San Diego Dance Company. And the mission was all about preserving um, the culture through dance. And so teaching cultural dances, um, she, she started a big festival there that was basically to honor one of our patron saints in the Philippines, all through dance. And just like it kind of grew to encompass the arts in general and Filipino, Cebuano arts. And so growing up in the States... That culture and heritage was still so prevalent to me, and it was something that my family talked about often. And in my grandmother's older years, she had spent some time with us in the States and would tell stories and share videos. And she would also teach me anything. She was just a natural teacher. You know, she would, I'd watch her cook. She'd teach me. She'd teach me dances. She was the one who got me into singing initially. And even though she had no formal training on that front, she'd just play cassettes and would like (laughs) feed me lyrics. And so I do think about how a lot of the culture and arts and just education being tied to that was always just kind of what I grew up around. And it makes sense that I naturally got into it. Um, I I started out as a music education major at NYU. Um, And while that program wasn't actually a good fit for me in the long term, I ended up changing. Um, The education part was still something that was really important to me. And so 
during that time is when I formally started the studio and just started providing private lessons to clients around the New York City area. Um, and it was just always something that I've loved doing. And it was always just like, it was not really like a question. It was just so like tangible and uh, prevalent in my life. So it started with, at least on the, the lesson side, like it started with giving lessons to maybe one or two people. And then it just expanded from there where you decided, okay, I want to create an actual formalized uh, studio here to make this like a readily available kind of course. Yeah. Yeah, actually. Um, it started out with like in-person lessons and just commuting to the client's homes and providing lessons that way. And what started off with like, I think three, four students, um, just like being passionate about what I do and um, the alignment there. You know, I got a lot of referrals from my existing clients, just word of mouth. And within about, I'd say two years, fully booked like six days out of the week. (laughs) (laughs) Teaching Um, and and performing as well. So I look back on those times and I'm like impressed with how active I was and how busy Yeah, I was legitimately about to ask you, like, you know, you're balancing you as a singer songwriter, you're balancing, you know, doing these teaching lessons, like how were you able to balance that? Because, you you know, singing songwriting, you're obviously being creative for yourself. And then on the other side, you're teaching others how to be creative. And like, you're, you're giving a lot of creativity away. Like that is emotionally draining. Like, yeah, how do you balance those things? You bring up a good point that a lot of people don't think about or realize. Um, And it's a lesson that it took time for me to learn, honestly. Um, I'll say kind of a short answer is just like organization and admin that a lot of people don't expect musicians or creative folks to have. But honestly, in this day and age, like we have it. Even if it doesn't seem like we are, we are. Because there's (laughs) no way that we're managing social media and our schedules and all these different hats And so it's kind of like this unsung quality of creative people. They think, oh, yeah, they just go with the flow and they just write a song (laughs) when they want to. And while that is also true, I think to keep the different ships afloat, um, just kind of like leaning into that. Now, not to say that like like what I was saying, you know, it's important to be creative as well. And I guess setting boundaries with this kind of organization. So prioritizing the creative time for me, right? Which is like so important when I am teaching and giving a lot, like any teacher just gives and gives. And so I quickly learned, though it took some time, um, how important it was to also just like block out rest or creative time for me. And then that's not just okay, but that's like, so important for me to function and be a good educator, be a good songwriter, be a good collaborator in all these other fields. Like I really need to block that out. It's just as important, if not more important than all the other things like meetings and whatnot, you know, just filling up my cup. <laughs> oh, you're right. It is so important. I, I literally have to put into my schedule and it, it, this is exactly how it's set in my schedule. Drop everything and eat. 
um, you know, go do meditation. Like I literally have to like yell at myself in my calendar to go do things personally because I put all these meetings in my calendar. I plan out my whole business day. Like, why am I not carving out and mapping out time for my personal self? One, just to eat food. But two, like you were saying, to actually take time to re- refill your cup uh, 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 metaphorically, not just physically, yes. like I was just saying. <laughs> but no, I think that's really important that you do that. And you're right. I think especially now creatives have to wear so many different hats. So yes, we are very organizational in our, our way of doing things, but th- you can still create boundaries and create that kind of structure without losing the ability to be free flowing and creative. You're just marking out, like you were just saying, maybe blocks of time. And within that time, you may, you know, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but yeah, you may use it to go out and be amongst friends or nature or listening to music or sitting in silence, whatever it is that uh, allows you to feel yourself, uh, I would assume is what you do within that time. Yeah, exactly. And I've been trying to It's tricky because it depends on the headspace. Like if I'm in such a good workflow with maybe any other facet of my life, you know, I'll want to keep going. Or when I do have time to myself blocked out to just rest or do what I need to do, I'll still be thinking that I could spend that else, like that time in another way, a little more wisely. And so just kind of like reeling that back in where it's like, just that like mental struggle too, of like reminding myself like the balance and the boundaries. And like, even if this time is blocked off to be creative or to sit down at the piano, play guitar, and I don't write a song, like there doesn't always need to be an output per se, Mm. but just like the sheer act of like the habitual ritual of it all. Like, cause I think that long-term is going to be more sustainable and have good fruits, you know, eventually, but just remembering in a, in a world where a lot of the time it's like, okay, what, what am I getting out of this now? Like it's a slow burn, I think. And so that's, that's one tricky thing, um, with all of it, but I'm sure any creative must go through the same thing. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm more of a creative on the side of writing and, and like the talk audio space, whereas obviously you're more the music space. And yes, a lot of the same things that you just said, I, I, have to try to give myself those boundaries. And it also what you were saying reminds me of, and we'll get back to talking about the, the studio shortly, but as an actual musician, as a singer songwriter, you know, how, you know, we come across these blocks sometimes where we're just not feeling the inspiration or, you know, for whatever reason, we're not able to create a song or, or to, to do what it is that we love to do uh, creatively. And, you know, all of us have the different things that, that can maybe help to spur that. But for you, like, how do you kind of get through those, those mental blocks? I know I have them sometimes. And one of the things that you had just said, which I really liked was that you're not giving yourself expectations. Like, yes, there might be certain times you have to hit a deadline, but for those creative blocks that you had, you weren't coming with the expectation that you have to create a whole song or even create anything. You're just going to use that, you know, use that space. And so taking away that expectation may be helpful, but are there other ways that you use, Um, to be able to help to get through certain kind of mental blocks when it comes to your creativity? Yeah. Honestly, I immediately thought of like how I do document everything, even if I think it's terrible and I'm not really feeling it, right? Like in my mind, I'm like, oh, this doesn't feel like it's going to come to anything. I still record what I do and I put it down and I, and I have like a, a huge collection, just voice memos, you know, or I'll put them in, in like a DAW, but tiny little fragments. And this is kind of what I was hinting at earlier about how sometimes a lot of great things, they're not overnight successes. There are at times, 
but it's just that like daily practice and ritual and showing up. And so to kind of help break through any blocks, I have a long, you know, a a long library of tiny little tidbits of moments of creativity of different points throughout my life that I can go back to. Are some of them still bad? Yes. But are some of them actually good? The next time I listen to them, like, oh, and it's just this like web of creativity that is not linear. And the more you can accept that and lean into it, I think the more successful you can be and the more kind you can be to yourself and just like not being afraid. I think we're always afraid and we're instantly judging ourselves, especially in a creative space. So just write it down. It doesn't need to be anything that's shared, but that helps me. And I can come back to a lot of these little creative fragments, try and make something of it or reinvent it. And that helps me tremendously. I don't know why it is, but lately listening to music, I've had this thought of, I really truly love music a lot because of that emotional connection that it brings. And a lot of times a song can really bring you to a past moment in your life, or maybe it's just helping you in this current moment that you're feeling really sad or upset, or maybe you're really happy, you know, taps into all different kinds of emotion. But I've really been thinking lately about the writers themselves and like, okay, they're the ones tapping into this emotion. Are they tapping into it safely? Like, you know, again, some of these things are based in trauma. And so how do you tap into that emotional state while keeping yourself safe through that? Wow. I don't think anyone's ever asked me a question like this. I appreciate the the thoughtfulness behind it. But honestly, time, time helps, right? Like protecting yourself in order to be this channel. I've always thought of songwriting as just being a channel and a conduit. Um, and I don't know if you've read the book um, Big Magic by... Um, Goodness, I don't want to mess up the uh, the author's name, but it's a book about creativity, Elizabeth Gilbert. Um, it's a book about creativity, and one of the ideas that stuck to me was how ideas and inspiration, we all have access to it if we're open enough to be this vessel, to kind of like pluck it out. It's just floating uh, in the ether. And if we are vulnerable and open enough, to receiving that inspiration, we can be the channel that brings it into this realm, right? Um, And so in terms of trauma and protecting yourself as a songwriter, I think there has to be like a processing and just time. Like you're not protecting yourself if you're going to sit down to write and it's just too raw and it's going to genuinely trigger you. Um, and obviously the the case is different for other emotions, right? Like being in love and that kind of bubbly feeling like you want to sit down and mm-hmm. get that in now, right? So there's that balance as well of different emotions. But in terms of protecting yourself and if it's a delicate heartbreak, grief, right? And you just need time to work through it. I know journaling helps me personally to just process and a lot of that will happen. And there have been times where I've gone back to old journal entries And then I use journal entries as a jumping off point for lyrics, but I'm a little more separated from it and I can approach it from a place that won't actually, you know, trigger me as much or be as painful to write through. But every songwriter is different and it just kind of depends. I think a lot of great songs have also just been written in that sheer like uh, 
raw, unfiltered moment. So, yeah. Well, I, I appreciate all that. And you're right. I think, yeah, depending on the emotion and depending on yourself, you know, and in your situation, you can decide how you want to tap into that. But I, I think I like that those healthy boundaries of, yeah, maybe you write it down and then leave it to come back to when you're feeling a little bit safer to, to re-engage those emotions. Exactly. Exactly. So with the uh, Martina San Diego Music Studio, back to, you know, this lesson studio that you have, in the beginning of creating that, you were talking about how, you know, it started with just lessons with a few different people. As you now pivoted that into creating it as just its own business, you were doing that on your own. Like, what were some of the challenges that you faced trying to do that? Um, a lot of challenges, mainly overextending myself. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because I, I truly understand. right and like there's also like a momentum behind any business when you're first starting and so of course you're pouring yourself into it and it's like oh I'm getting an immediate return so I definitely need to be putting more energy and effort into this um when I got to a point where I was working six days a week and I was just a really unhappy person and also the nature of the business too like I take teaching and again, education, what I do very seriously. And so recognizing like, if I'm not um, drawing a boundary for myself, I'm just not going to be a good, my putting my best foot forward as an educator, a business owner. Um, so I need to kind of pump the brakes. Otherwise, everything I've been working towards, it's not going to have a solid foundation and it could all just, you know, come crashing down. So that was actually the turning point for me to expand the business to hire on some teachers um, to share the load of the lessons. And so, uh, yeah, that turning point of realizing, okay, this struggle, this is not sustainable. That was like a big struggle. (laughs) And you have to make tough decisions where it feels like, you, you know, it kind of feels like a risk in a way, because again, it might have a slower burn or but if it can get me to a more sustainable place in 60 for 60 years and whatnot, that's definitely the boat I want to be in. But um, I got really lucky with my first hire. And so that helped tremendously. And so we were like a two person team really in the studio with aligned goals and a vision. Um, this first instructor that I hired is also a very talented musician um, working professionally in New York City is now touring um, on on Broadway productions. So I felt like we were so aligned in terms of our artistry, and then also using that work in the field, if you will, quote unquote, to like mm-hmm. uh, inform our teaching. And I thought that that was always a, an important distinction between like generic studios, music studios for for lessons. Well, I love it because, yeah, you're getting different kinds of expertise coming together, your expertise. And, and you know, now this other person who's now, you know, doing Broadway or touring. Yeah, these these students are probably getting a lot based on, you know, both your guys expertise. But also, I would assume just from a branding standpoint, it really was helpful to be able to say, hey, you know, we have somebody also teaching who comes from Broadway. So it's just a great lead generator for you. Yeah. And you know what? Actually, at the time, she didn't have any Broadway credits yet. So it was just Ah. even I think seeing that growth, too, is really awesome. But yeah, you're right. Like uh, just having someone on board as well, um, being a really clear marker of growth for the studio, for my existing clients and for branding and, and building 
And so I'm happy to say now we've expanded to having three other teachers. So there's a total of five of us. And I can do math this early in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) And then we have um, an operations coordinator as well to help offset a lot of the admin work that I was doing, which has been a game changer as well. I'm sure you can imagine. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, I think the admin work is important. But yeah, when you really step back and look at it, you're like, oh, these are actually easy tasks. They just take a lot of time. And so, yes, I I completely agree. I, I brought on an assistant the admin stuff off my plate has freed up so much time and also freed up so much creativity. So I'm not just checking off boxes. I can think about how am I growing in the business or how am I being creative in my other parts of my life? So yeah, I'm glad that you have that. Yes. Thank you. I am too. (laughs) (laughs) And when it came to delegating, whether it been the admin stuff or even just some of the teachers, was it difficult at times to kind of delegate, especially this thing has your name on it and, and it's your reputation on the line, you know, at the end of the day. So was it tough to kind of relinquish some of those responsibilities? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but I'm very diligent in the process of hiring and onboarding anyone who joins the team um, because I'm very cognizant of what you said, what's at stake. So I take it really seriously. And also I just think, at this point in time with the business, it's the surest path to sustainability long-term. There's no rush or need to scale and, and take on all these people. Like I'm really building slowly to, to gauge trust. And thankfully in this type of business, um, the people that I've hired in terms of instructors, you know, after I've done a lot of the, the legwork to vet them, and see if our values are aligned and to have them come on board by the time we do need to hire additional instructors, you know, they have um, their own circle of people who I think there's that connection. So it makes it a little bit easier, even though it's taking more time, but just the trust factor is so important. Again, what you said, it's, it's my name, my reputation is on the line, but I really stand by and back all the people that are on this team and this growing team. So it was hard at first, but I feel really confident about the time I've taken to involve these people and get them on board and be a part of this team. Good. Well, and I've never, you know, taught on the kind of level that you're teaching on, but I, back in college, I used to teach basketball classes uh, to, to kids and, you know, I set the ref games and stuff. And one thing I always, I learned there and what actually made me realize I'd never really want to teach again uh, is managing like children are fine. I'm perfectly fine with the children, but the parents managing their expectations and managing their feedback can be really annoying. <laughs> so I, I you know, want to know, like in your business and what you guys are doing, you don't have to name anybody. I don't want you to get in trouble with anybody you work with, but yeah. How do you manage parents' expectations? Cause sometimes they're a little bit loftier than the child themselves. And sometimes it's counterintuitive to what the child actually wants. Like how do you manage those kinds of relationships? Mm-hmm. Again, it's all about um, alignment and so there have been instances where after a few months, and, and this is one of the learning curves that I had, right? Like now when you when um, a client signs on, there is a trial period to see if it's a good fit. That was something I had dealt with initially. Like, oh, you know what? <laughs> there should have been a trial period here because I don't think this is sustainable. Again, sustainability. Um but yeah, it's it's all just about like at the end of the day, we're not the only music studio you could work with. 
So if you, my goal is for these three different facets, if a parent is involved, for the teacher, the student, and the parent to all be equally as happy. And if one isn't, the trifecta, if the trifecta isn't happy, I step in, what can we do to see how we can move forward to get everyone there? And ultimately, if not, then unfortunately, it's not a right fit, but no hard feelings. At the end of the day, I think we would all want that, right? And so if it's not, there's no need. So that's the approach I take for sustainability and just managing a lot of that because it's tough. Well, it's good. It seems like you've, you've created good boundaries for yourself and your business too, to, to not try to pretend like you, you can solve every problem. It's, I can do what I can do within my own control. I'm going to help to smooth things out. And Hey, if the fit's not right, then Hey, we're, we're not going to hold, you know, we're not going to keep just trying to collect your money to get a paycheck. We're here about trying to teach and help sure we get this student or, or get this, you know, this client to where they need to be. But if it's not going to work out, we're not just going to keep taking your money. I, I think that's good. And also probably helps you sleep at night. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. And I know a big piece of what you do is really helping your your people that are our clients, you know, the students that are coming through to find their own unique voice. And you know, I understand, you know, on the, you know, talk audio side of things, a lot of times it can be difficult because, you know, it's hard, it's easy for us sometimes to tap into our own voice, but it's hard sometimes to tap into someone else's who doesn't know how to maybe look at themselves critically or again, it's just, it's harder sometimes to pull stuff out of other people. And so are there certain ways that you found that have been beneficial working with these students to help to pull out that unique voice? Yeah. It's really about, um, teaching and guiding students and clients to just believe and trust themselves. We have so much to say individually and our experiences nothing is is quote-unquote dumb or silly or not worth saying like it all is our experiences um one of my other like um guiding points is that the the universal the personal personal is universal right so whatever experience you're going through and this pertains to building your authentic voice your unique voice right as a songwriter as a musician and creative um, at large, whatever experience you've gone through or what you're yearning to say deep down inside, that like critical voice that's telling you, oh, it's silly or oh, that's been done before. But it just, as cliche as it sounds, it hasn't been done the way that you've done it. Even my own songs, I could look at it with a critical lens that this topic has been written before, but yet it just hasn't been done the way that I've done it. And You'll be surprised if you can trust yourself. And so that is actually the key to building a creative's authentic voice and unique voice is like building up their confidence and trust within themselves to just let it go. I like that. Because that, that was my thought is like, yeah, there has to be, you have to be able to tap into who you are and get past the the idea of 
preconceiving what the judgment is going to be from your fans or from, you know, the people who are going to hear it. Cause I, I, I just know personally, I do the same thing. It's like, Oh my God, like it has to be perfect before I put it out. And to your point, like, Oh, everybody else is doing it. So I don't just want to seem like I'm jumping on some kind of bandwagon. I want to be, you know, I want to be different, but you know, if you're just trying to be different for different sake and outside of just being your own authentic self, then it's not going to resonate with anybody, you know, regardless of, of how you put out your music. So I do like that approach. And I'm, I'm really encouraged to see that there is a studio like yourself out there that can really help people tap into their own creativity and not just telling people what they need to do to get a hit. Um, it's really about tapping into your own just musicality. And I love that. Yeah. Thank you. And really like another important thing is just like checking in about their goals, right? If That's your goal cool. is to write a hit, okay, we can do this. Very formulaic. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just, what are your goals and even then, too, how can we put a spin on it? Because, like, okay, if you want to write a hit, but now let's, you know, drizzle in a little bit of what makes you you and your authentic, unique voice, even just a little dash, and then you'll be surprised where that can take you. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> just meeting them where they're at in terms of their goals and encouraging their authentic voice. It's like magic recipe. Nice. Well, I'd love to learn yeah, more about some of the success that you've had, whether it be with the business or, or, or with the business of Martina San Diego Music Studio, whether it be, you know, your own personal singing, songwriting. I know the business has been around for it's about 12 years now. Yeah, honestly. And I guess part of that, too, that encompasses a lot of the like bootstrapping years. <laughs> Hey, that, but those are the years you got to count those years. Those are the, those are the toughest years. Like those should count That's double sweat. or triple to be honest. <laughs> Most people give up after those. Yeah. Like, you know, blood, sweat and tear type of years. Exactly. That count for like three years. Uh, yeah. Cause that's how much it takes off your life. It feels like so. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just so grateful. I'm excited as well for the future. I'm, I'm really excited to expand, um, digitally and virtually in terms of offerings. And so um, expanding revenue and scaling in a way outside of just one-on-one private or group lessons, but course content and, you know, digital music online and how-tos. So I'm excited to expand into that as well, especially now that the team is together, there's a team and I have some, some help with admin stuff. So that's great. Places to expand and, and having those team members means that you don't have to be the one coming up with all the ideas. So you know, hopefully, yeah, they're probably contributing some really great ones that will add to, to this great uh, trajectory that you've already been on. And I, I really appreciate you, uh, you know, helping bring that to, to, you know, to entrepreneur struggle and bringing some of your own expertise here. And before we wrap up, I want to make sure that people know how to follow you, you know, and give out both, you know, how can people can follow you personally, but also to learn more about uh, Martina San Diego Music Studio. So I'll leave it there for websites, social media, all that good stuff. Thank you so much. An easy way to just find me is at martinasandiego.com. Um, and from there, you can find uh, links to the lesson studio, which is Martina San Diego Music Studio.com. But really, if you just type my name, it's all set up so it's easy to find. And that also goes for the socials, Martina San Diego, um, both on the singer songwriter side and um, the lesson studio. Thank you, Martina San Diego, for joining us on Entrepreneur Struggle. And thank you for listening. You can learn more about Martina's work by going to our show notes. Thank you to my producers, Heather Johnson, Ryan Woodhall, and Mike DuBose. And until next episode, 
stay safe and healthy because the struggle is real.